friends, welcome to this week's super exciting, great episode of Ghost Emoji with me, Taylor. And me, Becca. We're here. Dang it. I just ate a bunch of dinner and now I'm feeling sluggish and tired. Where did all my energy go? I don't know. <laughs> the whole time I was driving back from Austin, I was like, get pumped. I'm gonna get in there and be like, hey guys, welcome to Ghost Emoji. <laughs> so excited to be back. I missed y'all so much. <laughs> Two weeks is too long. Where have you been? What have you been doing? Me? No, no, the listener. I know what you've been doing. I was going to say, you. you see me like every day. You know exactly what I've been doing, which is nothing. Fucking nothing. <laughs> you, you're doing Snapchat filters. Um, You watched the, the great, the baking, the British baking extravaganza. Coco is there too? Yeah. Aw, sweet little baby Coco. Dangus. She gotta go pee pee? No, she's barking Poo-poo. at someone outside like a little shit. Oh no. It's the Easter bunny. I wish. Mm. Do you have any Easter candy? No. I have a little bit of Easter candy. Also a hummingbird feeder that my aunt bought me. And I gotta figure out where to put it in my windy, windy backyard where it's not gonna just get launched across the the lawn. I wanted a hummingbird feeder. I thought about buying one and then I was like, will you remember to fill it? And I was like, probably not. So I decided against it. That and there's only like certain times of the year that they come and I don't know, my mom was explaining it and I was like, this sounds Aww. complicated. <laughs> I saw one out today when we were sitting outside, so we'll see. I mean, I can't kill them as long as I don't put anything weird in it, right? Yeah, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's just, literally just sugar water, pretty much. Just sugar water. It's just sugar water. I just always think of Men in Black. Yeah, me too. Yeah, well, this episode's not about sugar water. It's not about hummingbirds. Or aliens, sadly. <laughs> or the Easter Bunny and how they're all tied together. That's another episode. It's conspiracy. Today we're talking about them haunted dolls and just regular dolls of Japan. The the two that we liked the most. I'm sure there's more than these two stories, but these were the two that we thought were the best. Mm-hmm. Most compelling. <laughs> so, let's see. I'm going to start off with the haunted doll of Hokkaido. Hokkaido. All right. And I am familiar with this one, but... um. I have been traveling this weekend and had no proper Wi-Fi, so um, I will be as as intrigued and heartbroken and surprised as everybody else, which is actually kind of fun. I like reading through something that I'm not super familiar with, so that way it's kind of like more authentic reaction kind of stuff as opposed to to being like, oh, imagine that, I've never read this before, huh? Well, looky there. Yep. I mean, I I wrote and found all these, so you mm-hmm. get to be surprised. Oh boy, I can't wait. The emotional suspense. I'm dead. All right, haunted doll of Hokkaido. The story of the so-called Okiko doll starts in 1918 when a 17-year-old boy by the name of Akichi Suzuki purchased a doll for his two-year-old sister, Okiku, as a souvenir while visiting Sapporo um, on the Japanese island of Hokkaido for a marine exhibition. 
He's already going on a marine expedition. He's only 17 years old. He busy. What am I What am I doing with my life? I've done nothing. <laughs> oh my god, Scout, please don't walk on the Okay, yeah, just lay down. He says, "I want to take some notes." <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> Uh, the doll itself was around 16 inches tall and clad in traditional in a traditional Japanese kimono. Its eyes are black beads set within a lifelike porcelain white face, and the black hair is a traditional style cut um, about shoulder length. Uh, Akichi immediately knew his sister would love it and bought it right away. The overjoyed little girl was smitten with the doll and played with it every day, even going so far as to name it after herself, Okiko. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, I guess it's kind of like you get, like, the American Girl dolls, the one that, like, you know, looks like you. I don't think I named mine Taylor, though. I don't even think mine had a name, if we're being real. <laughs> I, even the one that you could order that was, like, supposed to look like you, I got that one, and it had blonde hair and blue eyes, because that's what I wanted, but didn't have, and her name was probably, like, Hannah or something like that. If it makes you feel any better, I actually never got one that looked like me. I don't think that I recollect because I did not want blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, so Well, I had the one that looked like you. I wanted to have <laughs> the one that looked like you, so congrats. Uh, you should have got Samantha. I think she had brown hair. I did. I had eyes. Samantha. She was my favorite. So Samantha. that says a lot, doesn't it? That Victorian babe. That was, she was babe my favorite. B. Baby. And let's see. Uh, the two, the doll and the girl, were reportedly inseparable and went everywhere together until tragedy struck the following year and Okiku fell gravely ill. Um, the girl soon died oh, from complications of severe influenza and fever, and the mourning family placed her beloved doll in a family altar in memory of their daughter. That sucks. Isn't that sad? You know. I mean, 1918, I'm, I know, I feel like influenza was like, Super, super bad right around, like, World War One, kind of that whole whole time period. In influenza just sucked. It would get you, and it would get you fast and bad. Mm -hmm. um, not long after the heartbroken family placed the doll on the altar, they noticed something odd. Hmm. Imagine that. I wonder if that's why it's here on this list. Mm -hmm. uh, the jet black hair of the doll, which had originally been cropped to about shoulder length and had neat ends in the traditional style... Um, it started getting longer by uh, day by day, and the ends of the hair became random and haphazard in length in contrast to the straight cut it had previously. Uh, before long, the hair had grown all the way down to brush the girls or against the doll's knees, which caused the rather alarmed family to conclude that Okiko's spirit had somehow inhabited the doll. Even when the doll's hair was trimmed, it soon grew back inexplicably and always stopped at around knee length. Ooh. I wonder if the little girl had really long hair? I don't know. They didn't talk about it, so I... Mm. Hmm. Um, in 1938, the Suzuki family moved to Sakhalin. Sakhalin? Sakhalin. <laughs> but was wary of taking the mysterious doll with them. Oh, that's too bad. You think if, if it had, like, the little girl's spirit in it, they wouldn't want to just, like, leave, leave it, it somewhere yeah. random. Um, since they believe that their daughter's... Okay. <laughs> I just kept reading. Since... <laughs> Since they believed that their daughter's spirit resided within the doll, they were unwilling to discard it, and so they instead brought it to the Menenji Temple in the town of Iwamizawa, Hokkaido, Japan. Um, the family explained the doll's unusual qualities to the priest of the temple, 
Um, yet he accepted it anyway and soon was able to see for himself that indeed the doll's hair continued to grow. Uh, trimming the hair became a regular chore at the temple and soon pictures of the doll with hair of various lengths were adorning the shrine where it was kept. Let's see. To this day, the doll remains at Menenji Temple, housed within a modern, modest wooden box. I'll say modern wooden box. <laughs> a modern wooden box. The, the chicest money can buy. Um, housed within a modest wooden box, and its hair purportedly continues to grow no matter how often it is trimmed. The haunted Okiko doll has become rather famous throughout Japan, with its story being adapted into novels, films, um, traditional kabuki plays... Oh, and traditional kabuki plays, which have mostly expanded and dramatized the story to include the ghostly, spooky elements such as doll giggling, sobbing, wailing, and walking about. Agreed. That's spooky and ghostly, and I don't like it. Yeah, She's just um, growing her hair. She's just chilling. She's like, I'm just hanging out here. Why is everybody telling lies? Why y'all lying? Don't be jealous of my luxurious locks. My sweet, sweet hairdo. <laughs> Um, it is unclear what is going on with the growing hair of the Okiko doll. No one has really been able to explain how it has kept growing continuously for the better part of a century. Is this truly supernatural phenomenon or some sort of hoax? Samples of the Okiko doll hair have been taken and analyzed in the past and it was determined that the hair was indeed human, but this does not necessarily point to a supernatural origin. What is going on with this doll? Is this some sort of trick, or are there paranormal forces we don't understand compelling its hair to perpetually grow? For now, anyone who wishes to take a look at the Okiko doll can readily see it on display at Menenji Temple. It continues to stand in its box as it always has, wearing its kimono, growing its hair, and staring out at visitors, perhaps even watching them right back. And this is all from MysteriousUniverse.org. Okay, I want to see these... Dolls? The doll? Well, <laughs> I want to see the doll, but I want to see, like, these samples or whatever that have been analyzed. Like, it's cool that it's human hair, but, I mean, if it's growing, like, does it have roots? Like, why isn't a scientific team, like, watching it, you know? Don't know. I want, like, a, I want, like, a time-lapse video of the hair growing, because... It just seems like one of those things where, like, if it's true, like, someone would make a bigger deal out of it, right? You would think. I would think. Because I know some stuff, like, when people die and they would talk about how, like, their nails would keep growing after death and stuff like that. But it's actually just the skin, like, receding away from their nail bed so they look like they're longer and stuff like that. But this is a doll, so obviously it's different. But yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm like, if it's actually growing and it's been doing it for over 50 years... I mean, I guess, I mean, if she died, I wonder when this was originally written, because if she died in 1919, that's not, that's a whole century. That's not over half a century. Okay. It is over half a century, but they could have just as easily been like, it's been a century and it's still growing and it's not stopping. Yep. Men everywhere want to know. It's just really scary. How it grow. I mean, I guess it's not like it's. It doesn't seem like it's maliciously growing it. No, it's not menacing or anything. <laughs> it's just, you know. Strange. Yep. I've seen pictures of it, and I mean, it just looks like a, a kind of standard little doll, but I want to see the different lengths. I want to see it growing. I want that that sweet, sweet footage. Well, you can see it's weird long hair. Hi, Ryan. What you need? Are you getting... <laughs> okay. He's 
cartoonishly like sneaking in to get his socks and then sneaking back out. <laughs> so quiet. <sighs> what a ding dong. I know, Mark, like, he never hangs out in my office, and then right before I was gonna call you to be like, hey, I'm ready, he just came in and, like, laid on the couch and was like, I don't want to work anymore. And I was like, aww. And he's like, man, your office is cool. I like it in here. And I was like, get out. That's really sweet. I'm about to record, so you gotta go. He's like, what if I'm really quiet? I'm like, get out. Get out. Nope. You gotta go. (laughs) Sorry, friend. Sorry. Even if you're quiet, I'm gonna feel weird. I mean, maybe that'll help. It'll add to the the element of, um, of yeah. like <laughs> feel like I'm being watched and um, creeped yeah. out, constantly judged. Constantly judged by a little doll. <laughs> my sweet little boy, my boy doll man. <laughs> Tell me about a less creepy doll. Tell me about a a doll that's based in sentimentality and and other cool stuff. We're about to talk about. Nagoro, a Japanese village where the dolls have replaced the departed. So, Nagoro is a slowly shrinking village that's located in the valleys of Shikoku, Japan. And it's populated by life-size handmade dolls. And um, and its inhabitants left the village in search of employment or have died. Mm -hmm. Um, So the lady who we're mostly going to be talking about is... uh, Sukino Ayano, and when she was a child, there was a dam in Nagoro, and there was a big company, and hundreds of people used to live and work there. And as of today, there are only 37 people, including her, living in Nagoro, and many times more dolls. Um, she wonders if a time will come when she's outlived all of the people in her village, and she started making the dolls around 10 years ago when she returned home from Osaka. Oh my goodness. Sorry, Scout is talking. <laughs> Um, so she returned home and she didn't have much else to do so she started planting seeds but none of them sprouted and thinking they needed scarecrows she made one doll that looked like her uh departed father never thinking it would turn into something more 11 years later she's made about 350 uh dolls and the local school is now filled with a few dozen dolls patiently waiting for class to begin they're made of straw and dressed in old clothes, and according to Sakino, making the facial, facial expressions and lips are the most difficult part. Certain tweaks can make them look angry, and she tries to avoid her tries her best to avoid making weird-looking dolls, preferring to make them blend into the scenery. Her favorites, and what she considers herself best at, was making dolls of grandmothers, because apparently, like, the way you can tweak their faces is just easier, and you don't have to, I guess, worry about, like, I don't know. She She was explaining it in the video, but... Basically, she started making dolls of people that had moved away in the town or that had died. And so she thought people would get interested and take photos and it would bring like maybe tourism to their valley. If she put the Mm -hmm. dolls at the entrance to the valley, Um, she put them in the fields doing work or waiting for the bus. You can see them along the roads of the village in Google Maps, weirdly enough. They're farming, fishing, sleeping or just standing around. And uh, in the, there's like a documentary that this man made, uh, his name's Fritz Schumann, and the documentary is called The Valley of the Dolls. It shows a lot of the dolls, and it also like tells, she talks about like how she makes them, and she talks a lot about like how she's not like afraid of death. How old is she? 
she seems to be like in her, I would say late fifties, maybe maybe sixties. She's not very old. Yeah, I was gonna she's say from spry. the pictures I saw, I was like, she doesn't seem like she's. I mean, some of the pictures might have been from like when she first started making them, because I know she's been doing it for a while. But I was like, she doesn't look like she's that that old herself. Yeah, I think her parents are both dead and i guess when you've lost that many people and when you're sort of alone all the time and there's literally only 37 other people in your town and and all that i feel like maybe you think about death a lot more just because you're alone all the time and mm-hmm. um she's also well, especially that's when that's why everyone's gone yeah and um apparently she's like the the village is 90 minutes from a proper hospital so if something happened she talks about how she'd probably die before making it there, which is really super sad. But um, basically, my whole point about the death thing is she talked about like, she was like, you know, the dolls don't actually live as long as people. They have a three year lifespan because of, you know, weather and the fact that they're made of like straw and fabric. Yeah, I was going to ask, I was like, if they're like out in the elements, like, does she have to replace them? Or like once they're gone, does she just leave them? I think she just replaces them. She might make new new things. I would imagine she probably makes new things just because she seems to really enjoy, like, making sort of settings. Like, there was someone who was sleeping on a park bench, and there was someone who was, like, climbing a tree, and then there's a couple that's, like, sitting on a bench, like, holding hands. And you can tell she likes making these little scenes, and I imagine instead of just replacing something, like, with the exact same, like, making it over, I imagine she probably makes a new thing mm-hmm. but um she even has a doll based on herself and uh her doll <laughs> watches the pot and the fire and it looks like she's taking a nap it was funny because she was sitting next to it and it was cute <laughs> but um it's like it's a little eerie when you see the pictures just because they're they're life-size some of them have like it, it's just eerie because they're more lifelike than you'd think even though they do look like dolls but i also just thought it was really interesting because it felt like a way for her to deal with death and also to deal with like loneliness and missing her family and artistry and i don't know it's just a very interesting sort of phenomenon was this one i'm trying to because this one they're obviously different but when i was doing research on the centralia town Mm -hmm. And then this one where, you know, it's just towns where it used to be full of people and now they're gone. Did this one say something about how, like, there was a certain point where all the young people had left and so they actually just, like, shut down the elementary school? Yeah, the all of the, the like, small okay. children I couldn't remember if that one was, was this one or the other one because they were like, it's there, but they turned it down and or shut it down. And I couldn't remember if they turned it into something else. No, it's literally or... just abandoned because she's she's got a bunch of um, dolls in there. They mm-hmm. shut it down. Did she make dolls for ago. the kids? Yeah, she made children like child dolls. Mm-hmm. But the children didn't die. They just no, grew up, they right? just moved away. Okay, but yeah, it's crazy how just you know places like that they empty out and you know think about kind of like what keeps you in a place if it's a job or your family and and all of that and especially just because I know like I think. In Japan, I feel like they always hear about how they're having less children, and so like the the mix of like older people versus younger people, that there's like I guess disproportionately compared to other countries, like a higher older people 
um, population versus people in like their their 20s. I guess the fact that they all want to live in, in big cities as opposed to kind of out in the country. Did they say what happened to the dam? Like why it shut down? I think it just dried up. Hmm, but I wonder if there is like, I know that she said there's like no proper hospital, but if there's some kind of clinic or something, because that's, you know, that's sad about if something happened to her and she couldn't go, but that still means there's like, you know, almost 40 other people <laughs> yep. that also would have no no recourse for treatment if something bad happened. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, a clinic, but if, if like, you know, she needed major surgery or um, had a heart attack or something. Emergency like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, she would have to definitely go to an actual hospital rather than just a small clinic or even a large clinic, mm-hmm. you know. They're just not. I wonder where she gets all the clothes and stuff. Uh, she said it was just old clothes. I, I don't know if it's, like, hers or or she goes to... Maybe she travels out and goes to thrift stores, or maybe it's stuff people left behind, or I don't know. Mm. It's a good question. Just because for so many different types of people, like for the kids and everything. I feel like I remember seeing one that's like a dude sitting at a piano, and he's wearing like a suit. Yeah. And stuff. There's also a guy fishing. He's like sitting on a um little bridge and got his little uh little fishing pole. Does she just make people? Does she make like little animals? Like I didn't see one. any animals, but it would be really cute if she made animals. I was just thinking with like the fish. I was like, is there like a fish on the other line? And just a little dollfish. I wish. <laughs> but no, I'll have to um I'll have to link to uh what's it called? To the um the documentary and then maybe when I post it I'll post some of the, the photos. Cause it's one of those where like it's it's really interesting to hear about, but you like when you see them it is, uh, I don't know, it's just really interesting. And Mick, Becca made a good point before we were recording because, again, you know, we always, we like to do stuff that's kind of like spooky or scary, but this one's more, I don't know if that's like the right frame of mind to look on it. Like obviously dolls and and stuff like that might kind of unnerve a lot of people, but when you think about why she's doing it, like like you said, it's just kind of like her way of of processing those feelings and like making something that makes her happy and that she thinks like will enrich the town that she cares about. Mm-hmm. I just think it's cool. And like, while, while it might be, and she talked about it, she was like, I know some people probably don't like it. And she's like, but you know, whatever. <laughs> she's like, come in here, fight me, fight me in my army yeah. of dolls. Yeah. She has a really good sense of humor. Like if she seemed like, um, I don't know, she was doing it. Like, I feel like if she was the same type as the people who thought they'd had sex with a ghost, like, when you're listening to them (laughs) talk about it, if she was doing that in the documentary, I'd have been like, all right, well, it's creepy. But the way she was talking about it and she seemed so, like, funny and you could just tell that she was trying to, like, put a positive spin on something that's sort of sad. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if she would ever let someone, like, maybe take a couple of the dolls and, like, do like a like put them in a museum or something maybe you know just to know. like talk about the the town and stuff like that i don't know it's i do want to look it up on google maps like they had i saw a picture of it that they posted on the um the article that i looked up but mm-hmm. i wanted to actually check and see if you can see it on google maps 
What if she puts them in cars? Oh my god, that would be... Just someone be like, driving <laughs> slow, you go around be like, hey, where'd you learn how to drive? It's just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go to the post office and a doll's behind the counter and you're like, god, I've been waiting in this line all day. I just need to buy some stamps. Can I get some, some GD stamps? <laughs> and the doll's just like, hmm. Oh. Doll doesn't do anything. None of these scenarios really works. I know the dolls aren't actually doing stuff, but I just, I don't know. I imagine like a person being there and not really being aware that they're all dolls. It's just something about like panning to a doll's face and it has like no emotional reaction to someone freaking out. It's very funny to me. It is. Just, just, keep, just keep calm. Wow, on Google Maps it's called Nagoro, like, doll village. So. Oh. Well, I mean, there's more dolls than there are people. It's true. You got, like, cat villages, you got deer villages, bunny villages. Oh my god, I want to go to that deer village where there's just, like, they're walking around in water. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. I'm into it. Also the cat one. Cat one's cute. Bunny one looks cute. There's the... It's not in Japan, but there's the, uh, like, a pig island. It's just pigs. And they love to swim. Just having a good time. Mm-hmm, getting a tan. Wear your sunscreen. I think that was a good idea. Becca was talking about how we should probably end on, on this one just because, I don't know, we always end on, like, sad stuff. And this one is not really su- – I mean, it's sad when you think about, like, an old town and no one's really there and now it's all just dolls, but they're happy dolls. They want to be there. This is their town now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying – sorry, I'm trying to, like, get a view of it and it's – weirdly hard are they hiding from you well i had it and then it like decided to undo it and i couldn't get in there what if you like pull for it on the road and then it's all of a sudden it's like right in front of you that would be creepy well i'm too like zoomed out but i keep trying to zoom in and it won't let me put me there okay here we go yep show me the dolls oh wow yeah you can literally you just if you walk through the town you just see dolls everywhere like do you sitting. see any real people? I just saw one walking. I wonder what the other people in the village think of it, you know? I don't know. There's a guy right next to his car, and he's a real dude. He's not He's not a doll. And then there's a lady <laughs> down the road. Um, but, I mean, it looks pretty abandoned. It's a cute little village. It's just nobody's here. Just us dolls. It's very pretty, though. It's sad. No, but... Everybody's got to deal with it in in their own way. I mean, life goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a doll, and then you got about three years. Yep, and then you get replaced with a new scene. Why is Waldo here? Waldo, get out of here. What do you mean, Waldo? He, like, popped up on the side of my screen. I don't like it. (laughs) Where's Waldo? This is not not the appropriate time, Waldo. (laughs) He's like, come on, man. It's my time to shine. I'm sick of these dolls. It's Waldo's hour now. I'm hidden in this little town. You'll never find me. You love it. What if there was a doll dressed as Waldo? I would not like that. <laughs> but those are our, our dolls. We know there's probably more than two cool doll stories in Japan, but these are good. And we like them. One's scary. One's not. One's sentimental and kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Me too. <laughs>
That's my aesthetic. Sentimental and sad. Mm-hmm. Man, I think the weirdest thing about this, the Google Maps thing, is that uh, sometimes they think, like, Google Maps is computer or whatever thinks that some of the dolls are real and so it blurs their face that's kind of unnerving yep. i don't like that yeah because it blurs the real people's face but occasionally it'll like dis- the algorithm is like this is a real person yeah and so there's someone like a doll that's waving and <laughs> its face is blurred out what if it at the time it was taken it was a real person but they've since died and been replaced well, that's, and now, that's dark. And now it jumped into the Google and was like, I'm here now. I'm here now. Here I am. <laughs> there's so many dolls. You can see so many of them. I mean, there's 350 of them. That doesn't seem like the thing's that big. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. Two little grandmas. Becca, abandon your grandmas and tell me about something cool you've been doing this week. Okay, something cool I've been doing. Well, it's not really cool. It's more like nightmare-inducing. I've been listening to The Stranger Beside Me on audiobook. Did you finish it? Uh, I've got 30 minutes left. Oh, 30 gut-wrenching minutes. Yep. It's just, uh, like, I think the scariest thing is just knowing that he continued to try to convince people he was innocent until like it could serve him and for for the people out in the audience what is the stranger beside oh, him about? sorry it's about <laughs> it's um a book written by ann rule and um she knew ted bundy the serial killer uh through like i feel like it was the early 70s they were both working as volunteers at a um suicide like hotline prevention hotline or suicide prevention hotline and god um, he worked at a suicide prevention hotline yes and that's why it was so like weird to her she was like you know ted bundy may have like killed a lot of people she was like but he also weirdly saved lives she was like i watched it and you know she was there with him like late at night and uh he would walk her to her car and he was super like gentlemanly and it's creepy because, like, she talked about how if she was 10 years younger, her daughters were 15 years older. She thought of him as, like, the perfect man to marry. Ugh. And he seemed super empathetic and, and all this other stuff. And then by the end of the book, she's like, it was just this mask. And I realized, like, he didn't care about me. He didn't care about anybody. Like, whatever love he thought he could feel, like, who knows if it's real or not because he could become this other person. No, I mean, I just imagine, like, whatever work he was doing at the suicide hotline, it just seems like something you, he would do for, like, research. Like, just to see how people f- feel and how he can manipulate them, even if he's helping them, you know? I mean, maybe he had a degree in psychology at that point, and then he s- decided he wanted to go to school for law later. But I think a lot of uh, his, like... I think he had problems as a kid. I know he wasn't, like, sexually or physically abused or anything. I think it was just genetically he had some sort of something was wrong. Just that lack of empathy. Uh, But he he had this, like, long-time girlfriend. Or not even long-time. Like, this girlfriend when he was going to college for his uh, degree in psychology named Stephanie. And, well, I don't know if that's her real name. That might be just a pseudonym. But... 
Um, basically he was super in love with her. He thought she was like high class and her family was wealthy and she was from California and she was beautiful and blah, 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 blah. And they dated for like a year and then she broke it off with him because she said he was like, you know, she was like, you don't. (laughs) A murderer? No. (laughs) Apparently she was just like, you seem like you're not going anywhere. You seem kind of irresponsible and sad. And he was, he did not take that rejection well and it hmm. basically like all of the women that he murdered looked like her i'm surprised he didn't kill her but i guess that's how they work sometimes well what's scary is literally he started he started dating this other lady liz and he was with her for like six years and i think like in the first or second year he this was when he was like getting his degree in law and he was working on this Republicans campaign and he was successful and blah, blah, blah. And seemed like he had his life together. And so he called Stephanie back up and they got together and he's still dating Liz at this time, but he starts courting Stephanie and they're together for like a year. And he asks her to marry him. And she says, yes. And then literally two weeks later, he stops talking to her and won't return her phone calls. He literally manipulated her into falling in love with him and then dumped her the second that he knew like it was for sure which is fucking cold i mean she was rude to him but at the same time i'm like dude you have a problem if you literally couldn't just let it go you know well no to sacrifice six years of another relationship that was potentially going well i guess he didn't break up with her he stayed with her the whole time she had no idea Oh, well, then she should break up with them. <laughs> she did. I mean, she she's For the one that reasons. turned him in. Because she was like, he came in on these weird nights and he did this and this and all this. And I don't know. It was, it was an, it's a very good book. It's very suspenseful. A lot You're of, listening to the audio version of it, right? Yeah. Um, or the audio book. The, the lady who reads it is not great, very robotic, but it's just easier for me to listen to a book than have to, like, sit down and read it because I fall asleep easy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a little brutal when they talk about the murders just because she talks about it. And, I mean, she's very empathetic and, like, seems very sorry for these women and she's good about talking about them and what they were interested in and stuff like that. So you feel like, you feel a real loss for Mm-hmm. these lives um, but to be careful if you're sensitive to stuff yeah, like that because it's there because it's there there are certain chapters where it's just it's kind of rough Oof. Bleh. so what have you been watching or enjoying or whatever oh so many things I feel like you didn't you just finish uh that one game yes i did and i loved it it's it was so very good, good. It's very good. I um I played Senua's Sacrifice. I got it in the like they were having some kind of sale on the PS network or whatever the fuck and I uh, bought a bunch of games for discounted prices, but I definitely need to uh cut down on buying games for the next few months cuz I have bought too many. But I'm really glad that I bought uh, Senua's Sacrifice, or I think it's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, because it was just a really immersive game. It's it's not very long. I think it probably took me maybe about 10 hours to beat. I think the average is about um, nine or so. I got a little bit turned around in, in some of them, um, but it's like... <sighs> 
I guess like it's it's kind of a puzzle game with some some light fighting like the mechanics of it aren't actually that complicated but um it was really impressive to me because um when you first start off the game it recommends that you wear headphones which I don't usually do when I play games on my PlayStation um but I use my wireless headphones because it has uh I'm trying to remember what's called bi bineural bineural 3D sound or whatever um, and so you can hear everything around you almost as if you're in the game, which is really important because the person that you're playing as in the game, uh, Senua, for pretty much all of the game is suffering from psychosis and, um, or not suffering, I mean, she's having a bad time. She's going through psychosis and, um, you can hear like whispering and there's visual distortions, and it's it's kind of scary just in like the like the visual stuff like the noises can be kind of unnerving just because you know they give like conflicting accounts of what's going on and sometimes they tear you down sometimes they kind of build you up and the whole time you're actually a a celtic warrior lady going through uh like the norse version of hell to get your um I can't remember if it was like her boyfriend or husband, but her significant other um, was sacrificed by Vikings. And so his soul, I guess, is in Viking hell and she's going to go get it, I guess, so that he can be at peace. I don't think she's trying to actually like bring him back to life or anything, but um, I don't know. It was just really interesting and and it really puts you in a position to to be like empathetic with Senua because she's you know you don't know how much of it is real how much of it is is her kind of having this breakdown in response to her her boyfriend Dillian dying and you know kind of trying to work through it and I don't want to spoil too much about it but I thought it had a really good message in parts of it about like not trying to like to beat your disorder or or mental illness that you live with because there are I mean there's most of them they can't be cured it's something that you do have to 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 learn to manage throughout your life I thought they did a really good job of showing someone trying to come to grips with it as opposed to like well you'll just beat it and then everything will be better kind of thing the company that did it was Ninja Theory. In the game, there's actually like a little kind of mini documentary about the making of the game. And um, I'm sure it's it's not perfect, but they went to great lengths to talk to people who have, that like live with psychosis and uh, talking to like mental health professionals and kind of showing them the game to see if it kind of you know, matched with their experience because it is something that since it's going on in your head, it can be hard to show like visually or even, you know, audibly to someone else what, what it's like to, to experience it. But I don't know, just the, like the music, the, I don't know, just the overall feel for it was like really overwhelming. Like I couldn't play too much of it at once just because it would you know, kind of start to, to get to you. And it was difficult at times to kind of push through it because it's, it's very like disorienting and, and frightening, but it was, I don't know, it's, it's really, really good. And I would, I would recommend anyone who's, who's not too scared of games that are kind of scary to, to play it, but 
you know, <laughs> take a little bit at a time because I definitely like my heart was racing for about uh, 60% of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's I watched Cass play it and I remember it was very emotional and you really you empathize with her so much because she's all alone doing this thing and I don't it's it's really touching just because she's doing it because she loves this person wants them to be at peace not because like she's really going to get anything out of it and it's I don't know it's just very sad and sweet and hard to imagine like you know it's hard enough to live with mental illness but to like try and do something that's really physically challenging and then you're trying to juggle that with the difficulties that you're having to deal with inside as well like it's just mm-hmm. a lot it's very good and um it's i don't know if it's still on sale but it's um you can play it on ps4 and i think sometime this month it's supposed to be available on xbox one. Oh, that's cool so it's going to be available um to other platforms soon and I mean, like Becca said, like Cass has a let's play of it. So if you're too scared to play it yourself, you can can watch her play it. My my only recommendation for like for, you know, maybe trying to play it yourself is the whole headphones thing. It really like it makes it very it's already an intense game. And that kind of just takes it to another level. It's really it's just really something. And I don't know. I keep I have a lot of feelings about it. It's it's a really good game. And I, I'm glad that it's it's a little shorter because it's something that I don't think I would be able to play again for a little while because it was so intense. But it's nice to know that if I ever wanted to pick it up, it's not like a huge time commitment. It's, you know, something you can can play and experience and then then, you know, kind of step away and just absorb it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I did. I was I, I didn't know exactly what to expect because I hadn't really seen any gameplay for it. I just knew that. I knew what it was about. I knew about the like binaural HD audio and stuff like that because I had read that in someone's um, review of it. But I'm glad I I finally played it because it was it was very different from from anything else I've played and it was just really well done and I really enjoyed it. That's a uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice by Ninja Theory. Maybe one of these times I'll have one that's not a game, but I just love scary games. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive that you can play them. I kind of, now that I've seen it, I'm, part of me is like, maybe Ryan and I should play it together and that could be fun because I have a headphone splitter so we could actually like both listen to it on our headphones. That would be, I think that would be interesting. And just because it is intense, maybe it would be easier if you have someone else experiencing it with you mm-hmm. to kind of, because it is really isolating. Like there were so many times where I didn't realize that Mark was just in the kitchen, like right behind me because... I just, I felt like I was completely alone because it, it just completely surrounds you. Yeah, you, I listened to it with headphones on when I uh, watched the playthrough from mm-hmm. Cass. And it's just hearing all of the little whispers and it's it just, it really does emphasize the feeling that you're alone, but you feel like you're being watched or like, I don't know, it's just... Well, I mean, cause there, I don't know, um, in her recording, if it, if it really like gets the whole surround sound thing of it, Probably but I mean, not. there are parts of the game where you're like trying to go through complete darkness and you literally are having to go based on what you can hear, 
like trying to follow like a stream or something. Mm -hmm. And so like you would turn like a certain direction and you realize it's behind you. Or times where like a, a bad guy would be attacking and one of like the voices in your head kind of is helping in its own way and it'll just be like behind you but it's behind like it's behind you <laughs> so you kind of i don't know it really i've never played a game like that i'll stop rambling but it's very very good and i would recommend taking a stab at playing it yourself or even if ryan wants to play it and you want to listen <laughs> yeah <laughs> heck i would do it again i don't know it's just it's very very good i let mark listen to it for a couple minutes while I was running around an area where I knew I wouldn't have to fight anybody and he was like nope <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope 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 <sighs> but very very good I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been reading or watching this week that was I mean I after like listening to the book I started watching interviews with Ted Bundy just because when you hear about like someone's like charisma and whatever for 18 hours you're like you know do i really believe this and it's like how charismatic could they really be yeah and i think it's just that he seemed intelligent and but he also seems very arrogant and i don't know i mean even when they're when she's talking about him she mentions that there were some women who you know he would try to approach them and they'd be like there was something wrong with him like his eyes seemed crazy so, I mean, I think it's just some people can sense that or some people are more willing to like, you know, maybe that's just how they look or maybe it's whatever. But I don't know. It's it's just interesting and sad that so many people were fooled by him. Well, he's dead now. Spoiler alert. Hell yeah, he's dead. He died the year after I was born. Never had to live in a world with Ted Bundy. Well, I I mean, for a year I did, but. I didn't know it. No, oh, my math is bad. My hearing <laughs> co comprehension is bad. He, he died in 89, so... Oh, sorry about your your year. It's okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Did you know that he has a, a biological daughter? No. Yeah, apparently he married some lady and they somehow... Not one of... Not the, the fake marriage that he skipped out on? Uh-uh, no. Oh. He had many relationships with different women it's very strange and then there were like women who would come to the court hearings that were like in love with him and they would literally dye yeah. their hair brown and part it in the middle which is so fucked up i mean people go after the strangest people i remember hearing about that but i mean the shooter from the parkland school shooting or whatever he's got a bunch of people like professing their love to him and sending him money and stuff and what's his fucking name uh fuck he just died charles manson you know had people always trying to jump his bones and marry him in prison and shit and it takes all kinds i guess but it's um super duper fucked up Okay, well, I want to go to space where none of those people are, please. I want to leave. That's that's my what I did this week. <laughs> well, I think that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at ghostemojishow. Um, and you can follow and subscribe and all that good stuff on uh the itunes podcast player thingy we're also on google play and a handful of other ones every now and then i feel like we pop up so wherever you are listening to this now 
go ahead and subscribe so you can know whenever we put out new content, new delicious episodes for you to eat with your ears. Tasty, tasty content. (laughs) Mm. But I guess uh, we'll see you guys again in two weeks. And uh, until then, uh, stay spooky, I guess. Yeah, stay stay spooky. <laughs> I mean, you should take turns staying, saying stay spooky because I don't actually enjoy saying it at the same time as much as we've tried to do it in the past. It's a little cheese ball for me and I can't, I can't quite stomach it as much as I thought I could. Thank God. <laughs> but I also feel weird just saying it by myself. Stay spooky. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm living a lie. A spooky, spooky lie. Okay, I know. You say... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you say stay and I'll say spooky and then... No, I'm a Sagittarius. I can't be pinned down like that. I'm a Taurus. I can't be told what to do. <laughs> I guess we could just say bye and just throw stay spooky in the fire. Hey, man. <laughs> it's whatever to me. Uh, we'll see. Stay spooky is is on hold, I guess, for now. We'll 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 see what sticks. We'll just try a new one every week. Get wrecked. That's what I want to end <laughs> it with. Okay, get wrecked. Bye. Bye.